Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Pause and Effect. I'm your host, CJ, and joining me this episode are my good friends, Denzel and Kevin. How's everyone doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Yep, doing good. Doing good. Glad to hear it. This week's episode is dedicated to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now, this episode has been divided into two parts. This specific episode is dedicated to competitive players who understand the technical aspects of the game and have played the game competitively for any larger amount of time. If you want the casual aspect, please see the previous episode. Now, with that being said, as I know everyone has played this game competitively, do you mind sharing how you got into the competitive scene and what are your tags and how did you come up with them? So it all started back in high school. My first experience with Super Smash Brothers was actually Brawl a long time ago, but I didn't really start playing it competitively until I met people in high school. And that's where I got to have my first taste of Melee and realize, Christ, I don't like Melee. (laughs) Biggest biggest reason being, Sonic's not in it. (laughs) But nah, you know, I played Luigi and Samus, but I was still mad garbage. But as time went on, um, we played the games more and that's when Smash 4 dropped. Smash 4 was my first time actually taking the game serious and trying to like actually learn and take the time to get better with my characters. You know, so we'd have small little tournaments in our high school because we had a little fighting game club, get like second place or third or whatever. I thought I was the stuff, you know, then I got (laughs) into college and saw what for. Yeah. 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 Those are the days. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Um, But it was always so thrilling to like get to meet so many new people and see just how far this game could go in terms of skill. It's like... You'd think these people that you'd see on the internet and on YouTube were like these unreachable folks, but no, you can see it in your neighborhood. There are people who are very capable of immense growth and just being capable of competing with the big boys. Yep, it's a, it's a, you know, looking at the, like the skill level of certain players, it's like, you know, it's crazy that we've able been, we've been able to take the game this far from what it started out as. Like me, myself, um, I always, I always played like in a competitive sense, but I never really like started taking the competitive nature of the game seriously until after I started attending more like tournaments, both at, uh, DePaul university and just like going to different locals around the city. I want to say my journey really started after I got uh, third place at this like really stacked the Paul tourney about a few years back. Uh, there was a lot of people there and I actually wasn't in the best of moves that day. I had gone through like a, a just a horrible, horrible breakup at the time. And I was mm-hmm. feeling sad that entire day. But uh, one of my friends was going to this tournament that the school was hosting. And I just decided I go, I had nothing better to do. And like I went pretty far. I surprised myself. So after that day, I just realized like, you know, if I, you know, if I really dedicate that time to focusing on the competitive aspect, I could probably take myself far. So that's what got me really geared towards just playing competitively. It was, and uh, so far the journey, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. What I love about the competitive community, um, besides just, you know, playing with other people, it's just like, meeting new people, making new connections, getting new friends. And that's how I've carried myself throughout this whole, like not just the Smash community, but the FGC as a whole. There's a lot of love among the players because we all have the same appreciation for the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm in a very similar situation to Denzel. I 
started playing the games with like as far back as 64, but like 64 melee brawl. I never exactly took those games seriously after I like finished high school, which was like brawl was what three years old at that point. My only real exposure to it was um, playing brawl competitive, not really competitively, but just uh, like free for alls with my friends in my friend's basement, just whenever I was home from college. And then my first exposure was when uh, the uh, Smash game on 3DS first came out. And I remember playing the demo a bunch with uh, this guy. I can't remember his tag, but I remember his name was TJ. Because at the time, the demo only had five characters. And he and I were like fighting in the demo a lot. And my best bet was using a link in a competitive sense. So he was just like, hey, you should roll with that. You might go pretty far. At least that's what I remember. But then from there, and then seeing that uh, giant tournament for 3DS Smash that DePaul hosted maybe like during a defrag event in like October of 2014 or something. I just remember seeing the turnout and getting really invested from there, but maybe really only checking stuff out. It wasn't until DePaul started doing tournaments in my first year of grad school that I really got, I don't want to say like eyeball deep, but definitely very, very invested in uh, trying to better myself in the competitive sense. And, yes. yeah. and like, I I do miss like Chicago. I do miss the smash scene there, but like there's plenty of other ways to uh, better yourself competitively now with ultimate in a way. So yeah, just going, just going about it with that um, mindset and you can go far no matter what kind of fighting game you're playing, be it smash or something else. Right. Right. Now uh, what are your tags and how did you come up with them? Um, we're going to go through our history of tags or just like um, our current tag. Uh, whatever you want. I would imagine current tag. Because like I like me myself, I've gone through like so many before I finally settled on one. At least to me, it would feel pointless to go through the history of why. Like I said, it's an extensive list. Like you could write a book on how many tags that I've had. <laughs> I only asked because I had like the two. Okay. Like 2.5 in a sense, but it was just the two. Um, so I, I guess I'll start this again. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So um, back in high school, the tag used to be Bish, B-I-S-H. It was just being immature, being childish and all that, you know. <laughs> I was playing Melee. I was Captain Falcon, Falcon kicking myself off of Mario 3, you know, because I suck. From there, you know, in case we had visitors, I just made it Bish P. So it was Bishop because <laughs> I just liked the sound of the name. And it was a character I enjoyed from No More Heroes. But as mm. I as time went on in college, you know, I realized, damn, if I'm going to keep playing this game competitively, people are going to start calling me by my tag. And I don't want to be called Bishop or Bish. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I so, do remember one time where uh, I think I was TOing temporarily whilst the person who was doing it went to go play a match. And I was trying to call it a match, and I just remember saying, uh, Bish P, Bish P, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, I actually remember that. <laughs> yeah, like you, got, like you got so mad, but like we, like everyone in the venue played it off as a joke. Hilarious. But yeah, and especially after like a three in a row 0 2 run, I was like, okay, you know, it's time for a name change. Let's just go on and get something that like I'm cool with being identified as and just. 
have a fresh start in the competitive scene. So um, that's where Les came from. Um, that's just my name backwards, Les Ned, and I just added an extra Z. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, my name actually originated from a a uh, like a Halo username that I made back in like my senior year. Or it was like my junior or senior year of high school. My original tag for like just FPSs was just Grim Black 13. I had this like fascination with the Grim Reaper at the time, whatever. It was like, you know, just it was kind of like, you know, every teenager has a phase or whatever. It has like a dark phase, I guess. So (laughs) I I gravitated toward that. I like I would look up artwork of the Grim Reaper. Like I would look at T-shirts like, oh, this looks cool. I would wear it. I would totally wear this. And like I really like the aesthetic of it, so I just I just adopted that. Uh, it didn't really fit like me personality wise at the time. I just thought it was really cool. Mm. But as I um, uh, after high school and uh, getting into university, I started uh, to make variations on the name because I felt I felt like oh, Grand Black is getting kind of old. I want to like update it, make it sound cooler. Uh, I guess so. I had like since my PS3 or PlayStation account was Grim Black 13, um, I made a variation of it called Grim Cognito for an Xbox account. I never owned an Xbox. I just used the Microsoft account to be able to play games on uh, on the uh, equipment that was at school. Uh, I had no plans of owning an Xbox ever. You're like, oh, my friends are going to have it. I might as well just like capitalize on that and I can save some money. But I started to like Grim Cognito a lot more because, you know, there's the implied, the implication of like, you know, Grim, the Grim Reaper is like, you know, cloaked, bathed in black and the Cognito is like, you know, hiding in the shadows and stuff like that. Unnoticeable, unseen. I like the, uh, I like the, I guess the visual metaphor behind the name and it's, it's just started to roll off the tongue with me a lot. And people notice the name. They're just like, no, that's a really cool, like tag dude. That's really great. I wish I thought of that. And you know, it just stuck with me ever since. I see. Nice. Hmm. And I like the sound of that cognito. I was wondering what the story behind that was. And now I know. (laughs) Yep. Not, not as complicated as people might've thought it was. Just like a simple like, oh, I thought this was cool. And, you know, I made it up. That's all. Yeah, I mean, like, it definitely works. Yeah. It's like some people have legendary names and it's just like the most mundane of stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So mine, um, I've only ever used uh, two tags. One was uh, Karaz, K-A-R-A-S-C, Classic. which was a shorthand form of my Twitter handle at the time, which was a uh, Karajer. It just had a URE on the end, mm. which it was like a combination of the words Karasu, which was Japanese for crow and uh, Azure in a way. And um, I just used the shorthand of that for uh, competitive Smash Brothers and then I just used the longhand for both Twitter and for uh, my uh, PlayStation 4 account. And then come the turn of 2020, I said, like, screw it. I'm kind of bored of this name. Like, new decade, new username. Let's go. So I changed everything to uh, Ryzex, R-A-I-Z-E-X, which is the uh, 
Japanese name of a uh, monster from Monster Hunter, the uh, Astalos oh. in Generations Ultimate. Nice. Except, except in Japanese, it's called Raizekusu, R-A-I-Z-E-K-U-S-U. I just dropped the last four letters and just added an X to the end because I thought that sounded better. And then, so Ryzex is what I use for competitive and then... I changed everything else to a radical Ryzex because that just sounded a lot better. And yeah, that's the, that's the story. I just got bored and couldn't come up with anything else. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. So now, so we all know what our tags are and how we came up with them. Now, who are your mains and how long have you played them? Mm, mm, just, mm. In, just in terms of ultimate? You could do just ultimate, or you could do uh, all the games you played. Doesn't matter. Career like. Sonic main here. <laughs> <laughs> Career. Wouldn't even be playing Smash otherwise. Didn't even know this series existed before Brawl. You know, yeah. found yeah. out he was in that's that. A, I'm like, that's understandable. Like Sonic brought, <laughs> like the addition of third party characters brought so many people to Smash. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I and, was never. And it's crazy to, to think that like third-party inclusion started only with snake and sonic yep and now we just have like from from so many different companies and studios that actually that actually wanted to have their characters in that environment yeah we've got like what 20 third-party characters at this point about around about that wow that's enough to outnumber the older rosters isn't it 20 uh it out it outnumbers uh 64 it doesn't outnumber melee Oh, yeah okay that's hey that's still quite a few that's amazing yeah that's oh yeah that by itself would be like its own roster for a different video game yeah yeah like um, almost like uh what were those games playstation all-stars and nickelodeon all-stars mm-hmm. yeah nick all-stars being the most recent yeah yeah and now Seems warner like brothers is even cashing in on that yep yeah. i yeah i saw the <laughs> i saw the leaked image like yeah, and Warner took down like the image. So yep, it's uh, it's a real thing. It's just uh, weird that they decided to wait until 2021 to finally hop on that. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't compete at this point. Just have just having a uh, Steven Universe fighting Rick from Rick and Morty. That's going to be a very interesting match. Indeed. For, yeah. For real. <laughs> that and Gandalf versus Batman. That's gonna. <laughs> 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 That's oh gonna my be- god! Oh no. Oh, oh yeah, yes. I can't where I watched my parents die, Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see stuff like that. But <laughs> um uh moving on, me, Denzel said you're you're a career Sonic main. For sure, yeah. I I did not have a main for like the first three games. I just played everybody. But when we got to Smash 4, the two characters I played the most, even though they were low tier as hell, were Dr. Mario and Mr. Game & Watch. And somehow I made those characters work, even though they were like, you know, the meta was established in Smash 4. And it was like, either you play like all 10 of the top tier characters or you lose. Well, somehow, like I said, somehow I made two of like, I think, I think like Game & Watch at the time was like low mid tier. Uh, borderline like top of low and then doc was just pretty low but like i said somehow i managed to i managed to do crazy things with those characters and like there's video evidence of that on like a few of the broadcasts 
for some of the uh like the Paul tournaments and everything. And like sometimes I go back and watch those and it was like, wow, I actually did that with those characters at the time. And it's crazy. But uh now uh my mains for ultimate are Inkling and Mr. Game and Watch. Those are my two like go-to characters. Inkling, I was really excited to have an ultimate because I really love the Splatoon games. I've always been a big fan of like not just the gameplay, but the the visuals and the aesthetic and the character design that always really appear, appealed to me a lot. So I was very happy to see that Inkling was uh, coming to Smash around the time that uh, Ultimate was announced. You know, it was just one of many great things to come in terms of announcements. So I was very happy to see like a like a character that was one of my most wanted at the time. For sure. For sure, for sure. So I mentioned this in the other episode, but but a little bit of history for that. So I started, like the first three games, I didn't really have much of a main. However, I did enjoy playing uh, Wolf the most in Brawl. And like a little bit of Fox, a little bit of Ike. Although like trying to be an Ike main back in the Brawl days is like, oh, I hope you enjoy being like slow as a brick, but heavy like a cannonball. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. But then um, when uh, Smash 4 first came out, when I started taking the competitive aspect seriously, I started with uh, Yoshi, Link, and a little bit of Cloud here and there, but then I dropped him for um, Marth as a Bayonetta counter. And tiny bit of Mario based off of like what I'd seen from uh, Zenyu playing, even though I never really got very far doing that. And then for Ultimate now, I play like too many characters to like match up with like a ton of different specific situations that may or may not happen. But my top characters now are uh, Yoshi, Link, Ganondorf, Wolf, Greninja, Palutena, Ridley, Pyra Mithra, and now uh, Sora. Sora's so fun. Oh, Sora yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> Loving him. Yeah. I was like, I need, cause I need like a sword character to play. And like I played through all of the sort, I played all the links, like all of the Fire Emblem characters and everything. Uh-huh. But it was just, you know, like even uh, Pyramithra. Like I liked them a lot, but it's just, you know, there were just certain parts about those characters that didn't really resonate as much as as much with me, especially with the Fire Emblem characters. Like for me, I want to say the character that I, the Fire Emblem character that I had the most fun playing was probably Byleth. Mm-hmm despite how controversial like his slash her inclusion was because you know a lot of people are mad like how you know how dare Sagarai you know and make a fire emblem character like the last character of fighter pass one and like I understood everybody's gripes about that but I was just you know at the time just like you know we're getting you know we're getting another fighter pass we're getting six more fighters so we're not ending on this note so yeah I don't think I I don't think the backlash for Byleth would have been like as severe as it was were it not for the fact that fighters pass two was announced if byleth was the last character like everyone would have lost their shit meanwhile meanwhile i'm off in the corner laughing because i'm thinking to myself i'm just laughing because i'm like i always thought that byleth's inclusion in smash was not a matter of if but when It was one of those few occasions where I was the mad hoe. <laughs> I mean, I was mad for Steve, but that's a different story. Whoa. <laughs> Talk about that one. Yeah, but my question is, 
would Violet's inclusion had stung more or less if they were the first fighter for the second season pass as opposed to the last fighter for the first season pass? Uh, I want to I want to say it wouldn't have only because like, you know, it's it's the very first thing to be like, oh, we got like five more characters. So because you don't want like from a business perspective, because you have to think the way that the devs think. It's like you want to get something that grabs people, but you also don't want to get anything that would be underwhelming as well to start out your like plans for DLC. So like, Mm -hmm. for example, in Fighter Pass 1, like Joker was a really big deal because a lot of people had these dream picks. And at the time, we did not know what any of the DLC would be or what it would be like. So a lot of dream picks included the likes of Joker, Dante from Devil May Cry, you know, just a lot of crazy picks that, well, picks that seemed crazy at the time, but looking at the entire the entire DLC roster now, it's like the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that, like Fighter Pass 1 started off with a huge bang and then like it just got crazier from there. We got Hero from the Dragon Quest series and then my personal favorite, we got Banjo-Kazooie finally after 20 mm. years, 20 long years. 20 years. years. Like, damn. Like, what a journey. It's I will been... fully admit being a naysayer. You were right. You got it. Hey. <laughs> like, Happy no bullshit. I dream. I had two dreams about Banjo making the roster. I dreamt it twice. I was like, okay. I After I dreamt it the second time, I was like, okay, this is definitely happening. It has to happen this time. Yeah, like, Man. Banjo being included was absolutely nuts for everyone involved. I don't think there was a single person that was mad about Bancho's inclu- inclusion. I mean, you had like your internet too. trolls. There was well, yeah. 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 But like, just, like we Carter. all could respect it. It's like something about Banjo just felt like, wow, yeah, no, he feels like he's been here the whole time, you know? Yeah. Right. Granted, I will admit, I was also a Sora naysayer because I was just like, as much as I want Sora to happen, do yeah, you really think, facts. like, with Square Enix being stingy with all its Disney. properties, like, yeah, and, and then Di- Disney and being, Disney, being so. Disney, yeah, like, do you guys really think Sora's gonna happen? Yeah, and, then, and it's not. And what's crazy, Sora had been hidden under our nose since the Byleth announcement. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, Sora was the sixth character. There was only supposed to be five, but then yeah, Sakurai told us there was gonna be two, a sixth yeah. character. That was Sora that whole time. Yep. He was a last minute addition before they announced fi- uh, Fighter Pass 2. That's crazy. Mm. That man just had everything up his sleeve yeah. ready. But yeah, I too was like a Sora naysayer and people are like, oh, you probably just hate Kingdom Hearts. It's like, no, I don't. I actually like the Kingdom Hearts series a lot, despite how mm-hmm. convoluted the story might be, but it's an enjoyable oh, series, an enjoyable game. But, you know, that's a story for another time. But anyway, mm-hmm. the it's not that I wouldn't want a character like Sora in there. He would have been a great addition, and he is. It's just that at the time, given the, you know, the legal, the legal shit behind it, it was like, you know, it'd be a real struggle to include him. So, you know, I suppose that's why he was saved for last because Sakurai and the devs knew that he would take the most work to include. So it's better to save that surprise for last. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Speaking of the DLC, I got to ask, um, 
like with the final character having been added like earlier in the month, like, are you guys satisfied with the overall DLC lineup? Hell yeah. Absol- there absolutely. Was no way for me absolutely. to be upset about this DLC. Like, nah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm overall very satisfied. Yeah. Like I, I feel like with this oh. game, even before the DLC got announced, like there was, there was truly a, like a character for everyone in this game. Absolutely. Like even the base roster was impressive. We had like every character that's ever been in a smash game returning. And then we had Ridley come out of nowhere. We had, um rule. yeah we had king k rule we had the echo fighters we had crom and mm-hmm. daisy come in we had dark samus we had isabel we had ken and incineroar like it was my god yeah there was there was so much and then we got like the, the actually the very first dlc character piranha plant we just had <laughs> everything oh. yeah we just had everything going on it was like really crazy yeah, no, it's it's absolutely nuts considering like how many characters have been added to the game and how many uh, characters we got after the game launched. Like we're up to like eighty two characters now. Mm-hmm. I think eight, that number. I think eighty two, eighty three Echo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as far you know, as far as like individual, yeah, as far as individual characters, there's about. There's actually over a hundred if you wanna if you wanna count like the different skins and stuff that characters mm, yeah. have. Like if you take into account like Bowser Jr. and the rest of the Koopalings, yeah, Alamar, Alf, mm-hmm. the Echo Fighters, and everything. As far as like individually named characters, there's over a hundred in the game. Amazing. And like, out of all of them, I still can't believe that one character skin turned out to be Sans from Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, I wow, also forgot yeah. that certain me that you know in a way certain me fighter costumes are considered characters as well so like besides sans i think my favorite one is like bomberman because he's actually a character he was actually a character that i wanted in smash for a long time as well but no he's an assist trophy as well and you know i was happy to have the me brawler costume the bomberman me brawler costume because you know at least i can feel like i'm playing like bomberman Mm-hmm. Same with me for the uh, Travis touchdown skin. Yes. Yeah. I just wish he came with one song. That's all I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Same for Bomberman too. It was like after you know after a while the like the quote unquote uh, deluxe me's like didn't have songs anymore. I think the last me fighter costume to actually have a song was the Shantae costume. Oh darn! The sh- oh, oh the Shantae her. costume. I thought it was yeah. the. I thought it was the Fallout Boy costume, but I guess uh, Shantae did too. I don't remember the well, Fall, uh, the Fallout, Fallout Boy, Fallout Kid. Yeah, I guess, the Fallout. What's his name? Oh, Vault Boy. Vault Boy. Yeah, Vault, yeah sure. there you go, Vault Boy. I was like, Fallout Boy. Mm. Yeah, the the <laughs> Vault Boy from Fallout. <laughs> AKA Fallout Boy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. But yeah. Um, yeah, Vault Boy did not come with a song, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it was Shantae that was the last me costume to come with a song. I would have yeah. thought that that Doom guy would have gotten one, but it's just the costume. Although I'm super happy to see that the costume is there. Yeah, no, the costume being there is like all well and good. Would have been would have been awesome if it came with like Rip and Tear or BFG Division, but I'm not picky. Yeah, I would have liked that too. Like I would have gotten the costume just for the song. Yeah, like at least at least he's there, and now you can technically say everyone is here. I say with air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> not everyone <laughs> is here. 
everyone is here, asterisk. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people are still salty about like Waluigi. That, that shit's crazy. It, yeah, it it's just like, you know, I like people know from the beginning that Waluigi wasn't happening. Like, he's an assist trophy again. Yeah, people thought around. I was being like a party pooper when I was telling them. Like, it was the same day Shadow was confirmed to be an assist trophy. I'm like, Waluigi. Yeah, like, like a lot of people were upset about that, but it's like, like wow you guys have been like holding you know you've been holding on to that salt for like the last several years now you need to let that go yeah and i'm like waluigi isn't even canon in the mario universe like why would they make him a fighter i mean fan service i suppose he needs to be canonized like which isn't a bad thing but it's like there are like at least in my opinion there are better choices as far as dlc Even if we were only sticking to first party characters in consideration for DLC, there's a lot more that I could pick from that would be better than Waluigi. Interesting. Yeah, true. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so moving on. Uh, What technical aspects drew you to Smash Ultimate or Smash as a whole? What aspects do you think are good and what do you think needs more work? Um, For me Um, personally, I think uh, the ability to be more aggressive in Smash Ultimate was a plus for me. I didn't like the defensive style of play that was rewarded in um, Smash 4. While you could still be defensive in Ultimate, that wasn't the like most optimal way to play the game. So I could finally play my character the way I had always been trying to play him, you know? Mm-hmm. Being able to stay on top of my foes, staying on top of my enemies, taking them to the whole other side of the stage if I gotta, you know? Yeah. Instead of having to... Like what, something that, I mean, I enjoyed Smash 4. Like it was, it was definitely a step up from Brawl. But mm-hmm, for sure. at the you know at the same time it did come with its problems. Uh, so like you mentioned the you know the heavy focus on defensive play it made things a lot slower. Even though like the competitive rule set was just like two stocks and everything. You know in, especially in comparison to Ultimate now like Smash Four just felt so like floaty, slow, and clunky in comparison. It's you know looking back on it, it's just like man we actually took smash for the competitive scene like we took it very seriously despite being like you know an inferior like way to play in terms of like you know competitive rule sets and everything and then you have to think about how polarizing the roster started to become especially after bayonetta came out the character was busted and even without the presence of bayonetta it was just like you know well there are like 10 or 15 or so really good characters. And then like the rest of the roster, like you don't really see as much of it. Like for me, one of the worst like things about Smash 4 was after Bayonetta came out, it's like I would see tournaments and everything. And like every top 16 or top eight that there would be like half of those players would be Bayonetta players. And then it would like somehow always end up to be like grand finals is Bayonetta versus Bayonetta in it just became really sour and boring afterwards. It's just like, oh, well, done watching now. Yeah, definitely with you on that. I will admit the thing I liked the most, the technical aspect that drew me in was um, you like grabbing the ledge when you're off stage. If somebody tries to steal, like hang on the ledge and edge hog just so you can't recover. Now that no longer became a thing in Smash 4. So I'm like, oh, good. Like it rewards... Yeah. Uh, like more aggressiveness and now uh, aerial combat off the stage is now going to be a thing. Yep. I think it took a while for people to get there and like yeah. get out of that brawl mentality. But um, 
it was a, it was definitely fun seeing it uh, transition the way it did. Yeah, what I will say, like in terms of ultimate, like I think, like out of all the Smash games, despite it having like so many characters, because it's very hard to do balancing for a huge roster, especially for the one that Ultimate has. But mm -hmm. despite that, I feel that Ultimate is the most balanced of all the Smash games. Mm -hmm. Miraculously, oh my god. Yeah, like, you would think that, you know, oh, it has so many characters, and like, that'd be, you know, it's hard to balance because you have to take into account so many, uh, so many things. Like, well, they did. That's why they worked on it for so long and so hard because, you know, like Sakurai really delivered. He actually did put out a product that can appeal to both like the casual and competitive crowd. There are aspects that, you know, people from both sides can appreciate. So whether you're casual and you just want to like run a few sets with items and stuff on, you can do that. But also the competitive community has, you know, tools and resources that, you know, make it more comfortable for them to play. And that's what I really like about Ultimate. Whereas in previous previous installments, you know, it felt more one-sided than the other. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you guys play any other fighting games? What do you play and how do you compare slash rationalize playing other fighters compared to Smash? I play a bit of, I, like, if it's a fighting game, like, I'll check it out, even if it's bad. Because uh, I just love the genre in, in general. Like, I've loved fighting games ever since I was a little kid. I always, like, my very first fighting game that I can remember, it was, like, either uh, Street Fighter 2 or Mortal Kombat. Mm. Yeah, my mother had those when she uh, had her Super Nintendo. And I played those a lot. And she had some other games, too. But, like, those, those two were my first, like, fighting games, my first experience with them. And like my love and appreciation just grew from there. So like I experienced the arcades, I experienced Marvel versus Capcom, I experienced Darkstalkers, Tekken, uh, Killer Instinct. The you know the list goes on. And like what I currently play now, uh, besides Smash, uh, I'm currently focused on uh, Guilty Gear Strive. I enjoy that game. Uh, Melty Blood Type Lumina. Oh, is that good? Even though it's an older title now. Uh, I still sometimes play a blaze blue cross tech battle. Uh, yeah. Those, you know, I've, I find enjoyment in a, uh, a lot of those games. And then of course, Tekken seven, because you know, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, yes. Tekken runs deep here. Yeah. Tekken runs deep. Yeah. Like te Tekken three was actually the first fighting game I ever played both in arcades and through. Wow. I forget how I got it, but it was like some kind of uh, demo that came with a uh, PS1 demo disc or something. I don't remember which it was, but I just remember playing uh, playing like Eddie Gordo and bodying like everyone <laughs> in that demo. Yep, all you got to do is just uh, just smash uh, X and circle. <laughs> per pretty much. You got, you got yep, you got uh, Eddie Gordo. Just mash X and circle, man. You're in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me. Um... I've had a long history with fighting games, but I spent a decent majority of my life sleep on them because I was six and I sucked. Fair enough. Um, I had nobody to play them with um, and I did not know how to read inputs. <laughs> so like for the longest time, I had Marvel versus Capcom 2 on PlayStation 2. Still got it. Um, hmm. That nice. was my first experience with a six button fighter. I'd say my first ever fighting game would be Mortal Kombat Gold on the Dreamcast. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's, was, yeah, that's a classic right there. 
real young. Loved me some Sub-Zero because he was the first character and I didn't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, spent a lot of time sleeping on fighting games because I was just bad at them. Um, as time went on, you know, I'd always give them a try here and there, play them with some friends or watch them. Uh, I'd say I really started to get back into fighting games or like start to open up to them more around the PS3 era because that was when Tekken Revolution and Skullgirls came out. Through Tekken Revolution, I actually had a chance to play with friends. I never really got to play fighting games with people. I always had to play against the CPU. And when you play against the CPU in a fighting game, I don't know. I don't think you get to learn that much <laughs> when you're just getting combo to oblivion. But through Tekken Revolution, I was able to actually like go into the training mode, talk about like different types of techniques with friends. And that's where I really learned the social aspect of fighting games. And then um, through Smash and meeting more people, especially in college, that's when I really started to get more exposed with fighting games. You know, that's when Fighters came out. Yeah, same with me. Play some Soul Calibur. Um, yeah. I just I gave a whole lot more games a try and I, I found my love and appreciation for the for the genre you know it's like it's really just one of those things that you got to put your time into and if you really want to get good you got to form yourself some bonds it feels like anime in a way you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Through the power of friendship you're not doing this alone <laughs> yeah through the power of friendship I will prevail indeed yeah, no, like like I said, started with Tekken 3, both in arcades and on that PS1 demo disc. And then um, I never really gave fighting games much thought, except like if, it, if I was in an arcade or I was at a movie theater and they had a uh, Marvel versus Capcom 2 arcade machine, I was like, oh, yeah, I can go uh, one round getting destroyed. I don't mind that at all. It wasn't until I got a PS3 as well that I started really picking up uh, other fighters like... Uh, Tekken 6, Blaze Blue, Calamity Trigger. For whatever weird reason, I picked up a Guilty Gear Accent Core Plus on a PSP of all things because it was it was ported to that for whatever reason, even though it had all the new content. But yeah, like Denzel said, it wasn't until after I got to college that I started really paying attention more and like trying to get better at certain things. Now my biggest ones that I focus on are uh, Strive, Tekken 7, and um, I have not played a uh, Melty Blood type Lumina, but I want to at least one time. I'm not yeah. sure if I want to shell out all that money to get it, though. Maybe maybe I'll wait till it goes on sale. And then uh, the big one, I actually did not get into a Blaze Blue cross tag battle. unlike a lot of people. However, I love uh, Blaze Blue Central Fiction. That game is my shit. Yeah, I've heard I've heard really good things about Central Fiction, like. A lot of people are saying a lot of Blaze Blue fans, especially, are saying that it's the probably like one of the best, like best in the series. Honestly, oh, absolutely. Mm. And that the thing for me, jumping from like being because I've played Cross Tag too, right? Because one of mm. my friends owns it, and jumping from Central Fiction into Cross Tag, I'm like, okay, where are half of the characters' moves? Like, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? All, like all my mains from uh, Central Fiction were in cross tag and they all got nerfed to hell and back in favor of the tag yeah. team system. And even having put in a lot of time in a Persona 4 arena too, even though my only main in that game was like Yosuke and then seeing how badly they nerfed him for cross tag just so, just so they could get the uh, tag mechanics in. I'm like, what the hell have you people done? done to your fighting game characters why have you done this 
thou hast forsaken me. I understand, like, baby tech is, you know, it's not a flavor for everyone, and I, like, I kind of knew that going in, because you had characters from four different series at the time before they started adding more. We started out, you know, we had the Blaze Blue series, we had Other Night, Persona 4, Arena, and then newly added um, uh, characters from Ruby. And before that time, Ruby did not have, like, any, like, fighting games out or anything, or, like, beat-em-ups right. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, as we got more DLC characters, we also got different series added as well. So we had uh, Akoski Blitz Comp, which only, had, which only had, like, two characters. And then um, a character from Arcana Heart, Arcana Heart 3 specifically. And then a character from the Senran Kagura series. And that's been it since then. A lot of people are still hoping for an update to that game because Arxis has left it alone. But I mean, I'm one of those hopefuls, but I still don't see it happening, unfortunately. Even though I love BB Tag, I just think that Arxis is like, they're too focused on other things right now to want to update that game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Now, like, what are the big things they're working on? More uh, DLC characters for Strive, and I think more DLC characters for uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus too. Yeah, they are surprisingly like Dragon Ball still getting. And stuff, like right? that was a thing that people were discussing is like Grand Blue. It's it's a cool game, and like people really like it. The problem is, is like the online was always a huge problem for me. Oh yeah, the online is atrocious. Yeah, I've tried playing, like, even with friends, it's a struggle because it takes so long to load up. Mm. And then when you're actually in lobbies and everything, it's like, it takes forever to connect with people. Uh, I even tried doing a tournament for that once, an online tournament. I just dropped out of it because I was just mm. sick and tired of the connection. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was not a good time. So it's one of those games that definitely could have benefited by having you know, rollback net code or just like just better net code in general. It needed that and it didn't have it. So especially during the time that the pandemic first started, it it suffered a lot under that pressure. Oh, for sure. Now, uh, for the last question I've got, a big thing about Super Smash Brothers has been and probably always will be the community. Do you remember how you got into interacting with the community by and large? And what would you say is your fondest memory of the community? Now, I asked this question with a caveat. Like, I know there was one hell of a Me Too movement that happened in the community last year, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to focus solely on good memories for this. If you're uncomfortable answering, you don't have to if you don't want to. Well, no, I'm good answering that. Yeah. But me getting into the community was just like, just playing with other people and starting to go to go to tournaments and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I want to say one of my fondest memories of just the Smash community in general was um, uh, back in 2018, I went to uh, this major tournament called uh, Combo Breaker. Which oh, you went uh, to Combo Breaker? Yeah, I've been going since 2016. It's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, when I went in 2018... Uh, this is when Smash 4 was still, uh, it was still going strong. And, it, you know, it was basically the last year that Smash 4 was going to be, hap- you know, happening anywhere because we'd already gotten the announcement for Ultimate at the time. But um, I met one of my new current close friends there 
who had entered for Tekken and Smash 4, the same as me. And I was playing like I was paying against him because we had been matched up in the tournament. And uh, I was using like Dr. Mario and Game and Watch against him. And he was really impressed. He's like, wow, you can actually do that with those characters. Like, that's really great, man. And then we just started talking about stuff, the things we liked about the game and everything, the community. And we just hit it off from there. We've been like really close friends ever since then. Nice, nice. Very nice. But yeah, when it comes to like how I just got involved in the community, it all just started with being invited to play with folks at, at, at the beginning. You know, Smash always seemed like the sort of game that you can just play at whatever ever sort of social gathering especially back in high school because of 3ds i could spend my mornings playing smash with whoever decided to bring a system with them i'd always have my main set of friends and if we wanted to play some eight player smash you know hey pull up we we got the systems ready if you gotta do download play you can do that i do the same very same thing in college you know that's basically yeah. how I was able to get to know the people that I got to meet. Getting to play various versions of Smash, seeing how other types of people mod their games. Never getting my copy of a Smash 4 mod, because, man, I wanted to play a Suyu so bad. Um, yeah. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just... It's, it, it just comes naturally with that game, you know? It's like... Um, probably one of my fondest memories would be when I T posed for an entire, for an entire match or no, I think I did an entire set in a tournament and it was on stream. <laughs> um, the whole, <laughs> yeah, the whole point is that it was, it was for five bucks if I won, but you know, I still, I still got the props for even bothering to do that. Joy cons fighting against cloud and as Sonic, man, Hey, it was, oh, it was yeah, it was a time. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's just it's, there are a lot of things to list out, you know. But yeah, just many fond memories and just some of the greatest people I ever got to know through Smash. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, my first exposure to the community, like so, as far as actually attending tournaments, it was uh, at DePaul. Not so much, be, not so much before uh, DePaul started actually doing tournaments in 2016, but it was Ooh. just like hanging out in the game lab every so often and seeing uh, Kevin, I know you were there and uh, <laughs> Quinn, Tehran, Malik, a couple other people all like chilling and labbing, not so much brawl, but definitely a PM of all mm -hmm. things. Like th those days were a lot of fun. However, my first exposure was maybe back in like 2007 freshman year of high school. Cause I remember, Ooh. cause remember like, internet forums were like a huge thing back then and the first one i ever discovered was this old place called uh brawl central which is no longer around but met a lot of people there discussed the game at length played it a lot with uh, people through brawl's extremely janky online system but not not so much in a competitive sense however like i still talk to talk to a lot of those people today after like 14 years and they have become truly like some of some of my closest friends even though I've only met them in person a small handful of times but fondest memory of the uh, community would actually be I want to say like just attend attending the uh, tournaments at DePaul meeting a whole bunch of people and like making a whole bunch of friends but as far as like crazy tournament wins go 
there was one tournament that I played. I forget specifically uh, which one it was at uh, DePaul where these three guys from Ignite showed up and one of them didn't have a doubles partner. So they tracked me down and asked me like, hey, are you doing a doubles? If not, do you want to um, be partners with this guy? And I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like just by just by this guy taking a chance on me and uh, I think his tag was like Kal-El, I think, Superman. But just by this guy taking a chance on me, we got all the way to uh, losers finals and we lost, but we oh. came in third. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, that... That was like probably my uh, greatest tournament win and definitely one of my fondest memories other than like very narrowly beating, uh, I think his tag was fluid. No, not fluid. Uh, ah, he, he was another melee player. I can't remember what his, what his name was or what his tag was, but uh, very narrowly beating his cloud with Link. And everyone was like, holy shit, you won that? Like, yo, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, just like so, yeah, yeah, just, just like crazy people, things under pressure. Yeah, like meeting people, getting like major props for tournament wins. Like overall, just like having a good time with people. And I mean, I'm sure, yeah, like I'm sure everyone here can relate on some level. Like just being just being able, to, like at its core, the community is like, oh, like some most people troll, most people like really commit to the meta. But overall, it's just like people coming together and just having fun with the game like that like, yeah ain't that what it's all about as, as we said like anime bonds and shit mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> especially in light of you know just all you know all of the craziness that's gone on in the community uh especially during last year you know what i had to remember is just like you know there are still good aspects of the community while i may not associate with a lot of people in it like despite all of the bad things that have gone on and like that have come to light as a result of you know just a lot of negligence and ignorance among people in the community there are still some good people here mm -hmm. regardless and what Absolutely. matters yeah and what matters is that we still carry those you know those positive notions those those positive vibes and everything because at, at its core, the community is just about, you know, just playing the game, enjoying the game and connecting with other people that do the same. Absolutely. And that's all the time we have. Before we close out, do you guys have anything you want to plug or shout out before we finish up? Uh, Y'all can check out my webtoon. Um, it's uh, Psychic and Shadow. Uh, my link tree is Les Denden. Um, you know, I'll be, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, YouTube even. You can check me out uh, on Twitch and Twitter, uh, Grim Cognito. I, uh, I stream, I try to stream every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, mainly stream fighting games. I'm trying to branch out and actually stream uh, more artwork for art streams and just stream other games in general. I finally have a drawing tablet now. So, yeah. Hey, see that. this man <laughs> yeah. powering up. <laughs> yep. I just have to finish. Ink yeah. Well, th thanks again, you guys for being here. Like this, this has been a fun episode to record and to listen to, and I hope to have you guys on future episodes. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Most deaf. Most deaf. And that's our show. Tune in next time where we talk about the legend of heroes, trails of cold steel one and two, as soon as I finish the second game. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Take care now.